Hey, everyone, you're in for another long episode. I guess we couldn't shut up about these chapters, but that's not what this is about. What this is about is we talked about All Souls Con in this episode, but after we got done recording, Laura from All Souls Con informed us that we now have a coupon code that we, the demons, can issue out to you, listeners of this show. The coupon is DISCUSSER, and that's all caps, DISCUSSER, and I'll put that in the show notes. So as you know, early bird prices go up after the 15th of June, and this episode is set to go live worldwide on the 15th of June, and at the end of the day, it goes up to $99. But if you use our coupon code, you will get a continued discount till the 15th of July. So jump on it. If you were planning on going and you feel like you missed the deadline, you can still save money just by listening to our show. Isn't that great? So on with the show. Demons Discuss, take 17, the one with the fortress. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Hi, ladies. And gents. And gents. And Stephen. (laughs) And Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, more later. But uh, this is the one with the fortress. And the reason why we call it the one with the fortress, we we went through different names. We said Chateau, we said Castle, but Fortress, because that really explains Septors. And this is where we meet Isabeau, and we meet Marcus, and we meet pretty much the people that are immediately close to him, and Mart. We have a ton of emails, so we're going to start with those, and I'm going to start with Angela. I have an email from our discusser-in-chief, a.k.a. Stephen. He says, Hello, delightful demons. I hope you are well on your side of the pond. After finishing my allocated homework reading chapters 16, 16 through 20, my first thought was, what was Matthew up to when he sedated Diana in the care of Marcus? I'm sure he didn't catch up with the unfortunate Jillian, or we would have seen a comment in Isabeau's newspaper, as well as a bloodless corpse in Munich. Speaking of Isabeau, I love that Deborah wrote her as appearing younger than her son. I really enjoy these powerful female characters like Isabeau. That's all for now. Looking forward to the next podcast and also the updates from Wolf Studios in Cardiff. Stephen. I have one from Shelley, uh, Dr. Shelley Carter, who will be appearing at the Allsos Con. Thoughts on Chapter 16 in particular, focused on when Marcus brings Matthew the DNA test results from Diana's samples. It has been years since I actually sat at a science bench, but I remember that rush of an unexpected discovery, that sense of, No way, this can't be right, but what if it is? Followed by a stern admonition to be the dispassionate scientist. After all, the whole point is to not have a horse in the race. In other words, not to expect or want anything from the data. So when the unexpected occurs, or you get that first hint of something big opening up before you, instantly you run back to the bench and do it all over again. Or like Marcus, twice. And then you go find your trusty lab partner and ask your Miriam to repeat it. And if the unexpected keeps happening, then you really start to consider the what if. How does this impact the working hypotheses? How does this alter the long debates held over choice beverages? As simple as this passage and section is, all of that came rushing back to me when I read chapter 16. 
Perhaps even more than Diana's first visit to the lab, this hooked me into the science of All Souls in a way no other work of fiction has ever done. Can't wait to meet everybody at the All Souls Con. Shelley. That's great. I think that says a lot about the science in the book for a scientist to be hooked by the science in the book. Yeah. I know, and I'm just so excited about Nola. I can't wait to hear what she's going to speak to us about. I know. That's also my thought. So, so far we have Stephen and Shelley. So, shouts out Stephen and Shelley. Mine is from Karina. Hello, demons. I hope this finds you all well. Here are my thoughts on chapter chapters 16 through 20. Love finding out about Marcus's background. It is a great insight into his character and also Matthew, too, to see who he would change into a vampire and teach ethics on how and who to feed on. This shows quite a deep social responsibility and a paternal side to Matthew. Meeting Isabel was quite intimidating. I could really feel Diana and how uncomfortable it was for her. Thankfully, Mart softens the intimidating meeting. There are two lines which stand out to me spoken by Matthew, and they are linked in subject. On page 212, well, it'll be different for everybody, but she says on her in her book, it's page 212, Matthew says, have you bewitched me? And on page 269, Matthew says, what spell have you put on me? These lines speak to me because my husband often asks me these questions almost word for word. We've been together for almost 11 years. And I find that he often makes these comments questions during regular moments. Example, washing dishes or just relaxing and enjoying each other's company. In the book, I guess there's a feeling that because Diana is a witch and the chain is anchored to Matthew, that there could possibly be a spell involved. I read it, however, as though there is a level of love and admiration developing, which he is unable to verbalize and put into the world yet. Cheers, Karina. And thanks, Karina. Yeah, thank you. And we have actually one more, but we're going to treat this one a little bit differently. This is from our discusser, Patricia. And she wrote a very detailed email, breaking it down by chapters. So instead of reading this whole email now, we'll break it down as we go through the chapters. But she starts her email like this. Hello, demons. So happy to be part of the discussers and share my thoughts on chapters 16 through 20 of A Discovery of Witches. And it ends like this. That's it for me. I know probably way too much info and I can't yet, I can't seem to help myself. Thanks for doing the podcast. Love it and looking forward to All Souls Con and NOLA, Patricia. And thank you, Patricia. And thank you, Karina. We appreciate you all. Shouts out to our discussers. Let's go ahead and start out with Patricia's take on chapter 16. And I'll read it right quick and then we can run into our discussion. Cool? Sounds good. All right. Go for it. In my opinion, chapter 16 can be summed up as values and ethics. Through Marcus and his past, we become aware that his father, Matthew, has strong values of compassion, patience, and it's conscientious. He seems, for the most part, to always give his children a choice in becoming a vampire. He also teaches his children that actions have consequences. Marcus did not choose wisely in making grandchildren for Matthew, and there was a correction that needed to balance out the vampire population in New Orleans. We also learn through Marcus that his father has many secrets. Even though Marcus has been a vampire since 1781, he is still discovering new things about Matthew. I find it interesting that the term secret is used. I see this as lying by omission. Marcus is disciplined around Matthew, and yet the reader sees that he is self-conscious, and he works at holding his own when he 
when he's immersed in his father's toxic emotional turmoil. I also find it a little bit arrogant that only Matthew knows when the right time is to reveal secrets. Knowledge is definitely power, and this vampire's superpower. I love the irony that Matthew wants to keep secrets from Diana, yet has a serious problem at the end of the chapter when he realizes Diana can hear his thoughts when she sleeps. Matthew seems to have conflicting thoughts about what is a rule and what is the right thing to do. Meanwhile, Diana's coming to, to terms with her own truth. And that was from Patricia. So that's a good opener for chapter 16. She's pretty much got it nailed, I think. Yeah, thank you. What are you guys' thoughts? Because, okay, let's recap. When we left off, we were in Diana's rooms. We realized that Diana truly may be in danger, and Matthew was standing guard. The chain was established. Yes. That was my opening. Go, you guys. Let's just <laughs> my, do it. Well, <laughs> just going to do it, but even though the, this kind of belies the fact that we're trying to approach this from fresh eyes, since I've reread it so many times, what really captured me was the fact that, yes, Matthew was fierce, but there wasn't any exhibition of blood rage. But then you've got Marcus, who's so uneasy, and I'm wondering, why is he so uneasy? Right. It even says he had to school himself before taking a step towards Matthew. Like, it was very measured. When he saw his father getting upset, he had to mm-hmm. calculate what his next move Again, like a chess game. But then again, also, Marcus didn't know about the blood rage until Chapter 5 of book of life so it just which which is okay in my opinion because you know even in real life you know parents and children you learn how it's a it's a fine dance that you do i mean reacting reacting Mm -hmm. or preparing for someone's behavior if they have an anger issue or if they have some other issue you you kind of learn how to behave you learn where the buttons are and not to push right Exactly. Yeah, he mentioned the rages. He's he was like he used to just go away when the rages. Um, yeah. Well, and then then he also makes that. There's another quote a little bit further down where he says Matthew's secrets will be the family's undoing, which is classic foreshadowing, really right. and truly, if you think about yeah. it, because that's exactly it. The blood rage. Then. It's also circuitous because at this stage of the game, Marcus just knows his dad has a temper. He doesn't know why or to the extent he has a temper because by 1780, Matthew had learned a lot of tricks to control it. Sure, sure. So I would venture a guess that Marcus never really saw Matthew in the true throes of blood rage. Yeah, he would disappear. Marcus even said so, he would disappear. So he didn't let Marcus see him in full blood rage. You could also argue when he says your secrets could be the undoing of our family that I'm hoping, as a reader, that there's lots of juicy secrets we don't even know about yet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. That, too. That, too. Well, and then there's a whole congregation thing, too. Yeah. There's there's one of his secrets right there. Right. It's true. It was the undoing of the family as he knew it. Right. But, you know, it's kind of the fear Mm -hmm. of the unknown. It, It did undo the family and kind of restructured it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and on so many levels. I mean, it could be on uh, the, the scion level. I mean, it could be the undoing of that family. He could have been cast out mm-hmm. by Baldwin, or he could have been cast out by the congregation. I mean, it goes from small to big. Yeah. Or, I mean, or even as simple as Matthew's secret, i.e. Diana, is going to be the family's undoing because yeah. in that same section, Marcus also exhibits how protective he is of Isabel, and he knows that's going to break his grandmother's heart that her favorite fell in love with a witch. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that we got to know him in this chapter, Marcus. 
was, you know, hints of his personality and the hows and whys as to making a vampire. I, I thought that was cool because prior to this, we didn't know how a vampire was made. So no. mm-hmm. that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Although I, I also question one comment that Patricia made about how we have insight as to how Matthew chooses who to make his children. I don't know that Math- Matthew made as conscious of a decision as, say, Philippe did with Baldwin because he made the decision to save Marcus's life when Marcus was teetering on the edge of death. Right. It was last minute. So I don't know how how much that decision was deliberated. I mean, yes, he gave Marcus the choice of whether to become a vampire or not, but there were extenuating circumstances. I don't think he thought it out as much as Philippe did. But, you know, I think in his mind, because this is, uh, he, he knows about his blood rage at this point. So I'm sure he was hesitant and brought it up when he realized he just didn't want to lose Marcus. Mm-hmm. And he offered the choice. Mm-hmm. And that's how I took it anyway. And yeah, she said something about the principles employed when feeding and killing. Well, she said something about, you know, being principled. Yeah. Well, how to, how to only feed, feed on the Violent and the the criminals. You feed on bad criminals. You feed on bad people. You don't just indiscriminately feed on whoever's handy. And it just made me think of the prior chapters when um, he warned Diana, said, you know, you're going to run into a lot of vampires without a conscience. And I'm thinking maybe that's part of being a vampire with a conscience. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't think Matthew. What we know of him now, I don't think he could live with himself. I mean, if he's constantly atoning, can you imagine if he was just indiscriminate and fed off of anybody he felt like? Yeah. yeah. Oh well, gosh, think about the whole thing with Eleanor that also comes up in this chapter. He, it's like a thousand years later, and he's still <laughs> guilty. Yeah. 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 Cecilia from a couple of chapters back. Yeah. The fact that Matthew or uh, Marcus was in the Revolutionary War, that makes him totally American. I mean, original gangster American. <laughs> right. American. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I thought which I think we're going to see a, we're going to see an awful lot more of that I think in the in the next well, I book. Hope so. I hope so. I want to see it. I really do. And I I mean, at the time I didn't know, but again, listener alert uh Easter egg laden chapter. I mean, one paragraph alone is like five Easter eggs. And like I said, oh, yeah. we won't, we won't ruin it for you, but it just, I mean, there's a ton of information in, in that. But I did, I yeah. was so gleeful when I'm like, okay, Marcus is from the revolutionary time or the colonial time, which is a big difference from Matthew's time. So I like that we got a different, um, flavor of vampire and personality. Yeah. A different perspective, I'm sure. And there's just enough of a breadcrumb trail there to pique your imagination as far as what happened between seven, 18, 18- 1781 when he was made and when he ends up back in New Orleans in 18, was it 1820? <laughs> right. 1815, yeah. 1820. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that Deb had that little tweet of advice from his cousin Galloglass about playing cards with Auntie Freya. Yes. Which was, yeah. date, wasn't that dated about 1785 maybe? Yep. Because yep. yep. Deb did, yep. she did attach a date to that. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with the care and feeding of a, of a baby vampire in that new book. It yeah. went from a baby vampire to the terrible teens when he got to New Orleans. Orleans. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Mad. He was mad, bad, and dangerous to know. <laughs> and it was about the right, it was about the right time period. Yes, too. it was. And I imagine he was lonely for, for a period of time, you know, make a big family. Yeah. Well, he probably wanted somebody closer to his own age cohort too. Cause I mean, he, he still remembers being a human, even his, his quote unquote cousin who's close to him and vampire 
age Gallo Glass is still what five or six hundred years older than he is. I did like this the beginning of this chapter though because it shaded a little bit more of Matthew in. But he is a doctor. He actually knows how to practice as a physician, and he could hold his own against mm-hmm. the leading physicians of the time. And that the Oneida had actually saw him as a legend. He he and Lafayette. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. really cool. And this is the first secondary character who we really get to know and yeah. get, get to see how Deb truly layers there. You know, she builds a whole backstory for everyone. And this is the first person, first character we've seen gotten a taste of how she does mm-hmm. that, which was just so much fun to read. In this chapter, also, I notice uh, we get a hint and I'm not sure I necessarily paid attention to it when I first read it upon first read mm-hmm. that uh, the guidelines as to which vampires guide, you know, guard their secrets. They guard personal relationships, their names, details of the lives they lead. And that's when Marcus said, but, you know, Matthew was extra secretive as far as, you know, things he kept to himself. Etc. I thought that was interesting, but I didn't notice it the first time I read. That's only this time. That he was private even for a vampire. Yes. And the fact that he was in the congregation, Gene, just like you brought up earlier, um, he was treated like royalty and Marcus is just now putting it together. He's like, oh shit, maybe he was part of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Damn. You know? (laughs) Back back in New Orleans when he just sort of appeared. (laughs) He's like, oh "Oh, shit. Damn. (laughs) This might have been more than I thought it was at the time. You know, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> here I just thought it was Grandpa Philippe sending Dad to stop the nonsense. Straight me right. out. No, no, this was a whole. This is a whole different level of bad. <laughs> the creatures had a meeting and they decided you should stop. You know. <laughs> <So. Yes. laughs> oh wow! And also, Marcus mentions Isabeau's uh, witch killing spree for the first time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he did. And and then we're like, oh crap, he's about to bring diana there later but you know i don't know another one of his early and stupid decisions he failed to think out beforehand well i was gonna say here's one more thing i mean towards the end of it matthew quotes uh, george chapman huntress of myself beloved Diana. i saw her coming from the forest huntress of myself beloved diana yes right so we'll end this chapter she can read his mind you're not lost. I found you. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. I got problems. Just like Patricia said. I'm brave enough for both of us. Yeah. You'll have to You'll be. You'll have to be. Oh, shivers went up my spine when he said that. I know. Yeah. That, that's a perfect closer. Oh. I mean, it really is. Well, and then then to, to open right back up to the to the fact that as she, she wakes up and then all of a sudden she starts dreaming again and it becomes in her mind, it's like she's reaching out to Matthew and it, it reminds minds of her mother and father and you know reaching beyond death to their partner kind of thing yeah, yeah. that was just amazing to me but first off she it was such a great picture she wakes up with cloves of the taste powerful taste of cloves in her mouth and i just thought it was the scent overwhelming her that was like stuck cloying in her mouth that's what i yeah well it was like the it was like the first time he was that happened to her when he spent all that time. I think it was just being in such close proximity to his strong emotions. I don't think he sedated her with his blood yeah. that time. It At that point. Yeah. And yeah. this is the second time that she tasted cloves in his mouth. The first one was in the stalking mm-hmm. chapter and she woke up with yeah. the hey, taste Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> and then in this you chapter. You call it stalking, I call it wooing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, in this chapter where he's such an intense, I mean, guard over her. So I, I'm taking that taste of clothes if, is with intensity. You know, when he's intensely guarding over yeah. her. And I mean, and he, he's possessive. Yeah. And he gave her actual pharmaceutical drugs to sedate her. So he didn't have to, like, yeah. over, do overkill with his blood. Nope. Not at all. I think we finally straighten out that clove versus salt thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially considering this is the second time it kind of leaves a trail and it's like, oh, wait, was he sedating her? But no, I think it's because we've just come to the conclusion it's because his proximity it's the and the emotion and the intensity. Yeah. All right. So on to chapter 17. Who's got Patricia's chapter 17 thoughts? I do. Uh, Patricia says, in my opinion, chapter 17 can be summed up as hide and seek. Through Diana, the reader comes to understand that, quote, magic found her and her own secret can no longer be suppressed. When she is honest with herself, she realizes through Matthew's observations that she has been using magic and does have more power that is becoming increasingly part of her daily life. Found it kind of funny that Diana was bribed to go to France with the promise of viewing the book of Aurora Consurgens and that her need for safety was less important. The fact that Satur is described as a fortress and the military in a... In, in, appearance is a big red flag that the Claremont family is a military family. Perfect place to hide from those who are seeking Diana. Also, Diana is seeking knowledge from the Aurora Consurgens while getting ready to meet her new boyfriend's mom, who apparently hates her kind. The reader sees a few examples in this chapter where Diana definitely lives up to her reputation of not being known for her common sense. Her decisions seem pragmatic to me. So, in chapter 17, she wakes up, tastes cloves in her mouth, second time this happens, and then the witch wind. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the witch, the witch wind is, it also ties into the results that we'll talk about in 18 and 19 for Marcus. I mean, here we, first we had the fire with her blue fingers. Now we've got another element. We've got the wind. We've got the air element. We've got a fire and we've got air. Air. What's mm -hmm. next? Yeah. I found it interesting though. There, it was also calculated. I mean, he couldn't, Matthew ha had to be still and he couldn't make a sudden move either. And that's exactly how it is dealing with him. So it was, it was interesting to see the flip side that Diana's similar in that way. Yeah. I had mm -hmm. the same thing written down. I said, I found it ironic how he asked for permission to enter his space. And it made me think of the vampire myth about being invited in. Mm -hmm. And we we also saw that with Marcus. Marcus is kind of mm -hmm. waiting for an invitation to come into um, Diana's rooms. So I'm thinking there's probably a subtle truth to that myth, <laughs> you know, the human myth of being invited in, you know, right mm -hmm. for a vampire. So it's true. I mean, it's even with humans that I'm not, I have a bubble around me. And if you're my friend, you could certainly put your arm around me. Strangers, I don't like when you touch my back trying to get don't, past me, you know, don't touch me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I have a spatial tick too. Don't be around me. Don't hover <laughs> over me. Don't be around me. If you're a friend or family member, okay. And even that's touchy yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't cuddle with Val. Yeah. My daughter's very huggy. And sometimes I'm like, too much, yeah. too much. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's on a human level. Imagine a supernatural or a preternatural level. I mean, everything's yeah. uh, heightened awareness. Right. Oh, yeah. Do we need to get you a weighted down blanket? <laughs> she, she starts wearing a, a weighted vest. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh hell, she would probably. I could see you wearing like the the electric. It's just like the electrical force field around you. Yeah. To figure out how to it's like, rig it. <laughs> yeah, for friends and family, I'd be like, "Oops, I forgot to turn that off. Hang on, right quick." <laughs> it's the opposite of a shock collar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very, I'm very proprietary about my space. Yeah. So. And and apparently Diana is too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he fixes her tea while they're getting ready to discuss future plans and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Matthew observes her using the white table for the first time. Yay! Whiteboard. Yay. Be, before we go on, I just want to quick say when he was comforting her, she went into that protective ball. She she was thinking about something. She went into that protective ball, and it kind of now it makes sense from the yoga scene that she would have to lay in that ball to calm to, herself, to calm herself yeah. down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with all of his comforting and his tenderness and his patience, I have to say, I love you, Matthew Claremont. At this point, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I'm in love. Yeah, me too. I was just like, oh, that's what somebody like us needs. Somebody who's patient. Yes. You know. (laughs) I really did think I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to hope he doesn't abandon her at any point. She's going to be too much. She's becoming a head case. But he was obviously. (laughs) (laughs) They were well Right. Exactly. Uh, Little did I know. I'm I'm still in the perfect uh, Matthew mode. So, which I like the yeah. I like the flawed Matthew too. But I have to get there. At this point, I'm like perfect Matthew. I love you. Right. <laughs> I think we're all at per- we're we're all at perfect Matthew stage right yeah. now. Though. Yes. It took me a minute to get there, but I am <laughs> I am solidly there, my friends. I am there. <laughs> we also learn his actual home is in France. Yes. So, what'd you guys think of that? Because it's the first time we're figuring out that he's from france it wasn't mentioned prior yeah i didn't know i didn't think too much of it like national origins or anything like oh he's french because he spoke you know oxbridge with an oxford accent but uh i thought it was interesting like okay let's go i'm ready i got my passport (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of like okay he's 1500 years old he probably has real estate all over the place yeah Yeah, no. He says it's my home. Yeah. And we learn, we get a hint of the changes after he feeds, too. His pupils get small. Well, that is pale. Well, we figure out later that he fed. It's just that he was more colorful, shall we say. Right. At this point in time, upon first read, we did not know this. But it got me thinking, what the hell happened to Matthew? What was he doing while he was out and left Marcus in charge? So. Yeah. Yes. eh, I don't know, you know. might, he might have gone to a spa. That's color. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. It was. Well, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't give any spoilers. He had an extra large helping of venison when he stepped. <laughs> Stop for some carryout carpaccio. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who knew the Randolph hotels served up uh, such nice venison? <laughs> right. And then you know, on first read, I didn't. Uh, where Diana's explaining to us, the reader, about Emily's hair. Yeah. How, and, you know, initially I thought it was just, you know, stress gray. Yeah. But as I reflect on it now, she had the weight of a big secret on her shoulders. So the spellbinding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She mm-hmm. went like, I mean, fast gray after her after Diana's parents died. So, you know, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess holding on to a big secret would <laughs> <Yeah>. be <laughs> kind of stressful. Yeah, she, she was <laughs> popping the Prilosec for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking well, of, of past presidents, you know, how gray they go in the oh, course yeah. of four to eight years, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for our well, current one. Our current one, we'll never know. But, you know. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but uh yeah that was uh interesting to me like things i'm get i'm looking at as going back to read it with purpose i'm seeing and i'm like oh wow it's like how much thought was put into these books where the details are just now popping out at me after all these years so yeah yeah rereads are yeah. definitely worth it and the whole whole thing is one of the first things we learn about stephen proctor as a person rather than a dad or whatever is that he hated peter knox yes yeah yeah and, yes and the fact that he hated anyone says a lot because he wasn't that kind of guy. She comes right out and says, Stephen Proctor was the most easygoing man alive. It took a lot to make him dislike someone, and he detested that wizard. Diana, you will come home immediately. Right, right. So it's like, okay, this is not good. Yeah, no. Um, Yeah, and then Sarah gives her reluctant permission for Matthew to watch over her niece while they go to France, which I thought was, whoa, this must be serious. Okay, norm <laughs> normally I was annoyed when Sarah would call, but I have a confession to make that okay. just how you were annoyed by Diana and you couldn't relate to her and then on this reread you're like I relate to her because she I'm a lot like her or I have you know things in common with her I yeah. came to the realization it's the same with me and Sarah <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things she says. That's why I like you so much. <laughs> Some of the things she says or does, I'm like, I could see myself totally saying that with Harlow. She, completely. <laughs> so I asked. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? It when is. When that happens? I got kind of mad at her because I'm like, wait a minute. She's keeping secrets from Diana just like Matthew was. I mean, a whole, well, you, what, what do you mean that Sarah never bothered to explain the whole thing about the congregation and Sarah, Sarah's sitting here going, you know, Peter Knox had a huge old feud with your parents and they couldn't stand him. But no, I didn't bother to let you know that maybe you need to watch your back as an adult. I mean, yeah, but there are some there's some vampire level secret keeping going on with the witches, too, which that's true. It's coming, coming clear. It's like everybody's looking keeping at it from Diana Sarah's dark. I'm looking at it from Sarah's perspective as a parental unit, too. You pick and choose what you tell your children a well, lot yeah, of times. I get that. But as as an adult out in the world mm -hmm. at some point in time i mean i can see keeping that information from her as a teenager or whatever but as a 32 year old woman at some point in time somebody's going to approach her as an adult witch and expect her to at least know the bare bones basics you would i mean not you would necessarily think, that i mean but she didn't even tell her about the congregation or i, I don't know it seemed like they were they didn't know her they didn't tell her yeah i feel like they they didn't tell her because they didn't think they as it is diana's reluctant to even face witchcraft right getting into the congregation and they're like like, eh, Sarah especially. Emily knew better, but Sarah yeah. especially wouldn't have, she's like, eh, she's not going to use that shit anyway. Right, okay. right. I'm just not, yeah. I'm just not even going to go into it because then I'll have to really go I into don't deal it. with those idiots. I'm going to make sure my niece doesn't either. But then, like you said, you've got Emily who knows better and she just doesn't say anything, but, yeah. but she's, you know, pledged to keep a secret. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes. Because we'll we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, the fact that Matthew's got an Aurora Consurgence, and this of all things convinces her to go to France. What? What? I agree with really. I agree with Patricia. I'm like, really? That's 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 what. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing prag there's nothing pragmatic about that decision. That decision is all about I'm gonna go stick my head in the sand and go work on my project. Blah, that would have been bonus. It wouldn't have been on. the motivator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it's the opposite of pragmatic. Right. It's kind of irrational to me. It's like there's all this going on and you're like, Oh, okay, I'll go I'll go there to look <laughs> at the, the manuscript. Well if not, I'll just go to Berlin and look at their library instead. Right. What is that? I don't know. 
I have nothing to say about that. I I don't know. You know, I relate to Diana, but I don't think like Diana. (laughs) I have no idea. I would have been like, oh, I'm in danger. Fuck. Let's go. Damn it. Where's my passport? We got to go. Where, where, where's my passport? Do, do I have a sidearm I can take with me? I, don't know. <laughs> I need to go. Where's my go bag? <laughs> right. I mean, it's pragmatic in a little picture sense. In a big picture sense, no. But in a little picture, she's thinking, "Well, I have to get my my keynote address all squared away." I mean, that's Diana. She's still in her tunnel vision. She's still in her own little world. So in that way, I don't know that that's pragmatic as much as it's being an ostrich. Yeah, yeah. But she thinks because it, that's she, her comfort zone. But she thinks it is, is what I'm saying. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then she learns Matthew has a vampire mother. Don't don't don't. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that though. Matthew's like everybody has a mom, Diana. I just have two. <laughs> yes. Right. And now she's getting freaked out. Yeah. Now she's like, oh shit. Yeah, e- even I was. I mean, yeah, and then she's go I mean, going through her dirty laundry trying to pack stuff. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting freaked out too, because you know I'm inserting myself into the whole relationship. So I was freaked out. But as from a reader, I'm like, oh, yes, let's go. Right. And also you have side information too, which Diana didn't have. You know, Marcus had let us know that, you know, <laughs> Isabel was a witch killer. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a problem, but Diana didn't know that, so she's just yeah. freaked out. It's like, oh, now you're a little scared. Okay. <laughs> then they journey to France on a private jet. He knocks her out with blood. Uh, they get in the Range Rover, drive the miles to Septour. The door swings open, and Matthew tells Diana, courage. Aww. It was in italics, so I read it in French, yes. but courage. So... There you go. I know. I love that. But then that you're like, the part of me was like, oh, my heart melted. But then the party's like, oh, shit, let's get real here. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like oh, because you got to turn the right. page and meet her, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which brings us to chapter eighteen, right? Who's or as ch- I like to call it, the Doctor Doolittle chapter, where we meet the dogs and the horses <laughs> and all kinds of fun. Now, Patricia's comments on chapter eighteen are as follows: In my opinion, chapter eighteen can be summed up as a meeting Isabel and understanding what home is for Matthew. My first impression of Isabel is. Someone who embodies Grace Kelly, glamorous and classy and makes other women feel ugly next to her. That is where the resemblance ends. She is like a wolf in sheep's clothing. She looks and sounds sweet and night. Yes, she is deadly. I had to look up what the heck sarsaparilla soda was, and I had never heard of it. Soda created from a plant with a prickly stem. Very fitting to describe Isabeau's scent, sweet with a hit of serious danger. The fact that Isabel describes Diana's scent as green like spring is a lovely double meaning, fresh new scent and green as an inexperienced. My impression of Mark, warm, friendly, and grandmotherly, very odd and new to experience a character so flawed as a vampire. Perhaps she is the eternal ugly friend that will always let Isabel shine when next to her. At the same time, I see this as a statement against ageism. It's okay to have wrinkles and it is normal to gain some weight as women age. She is wise and is described as someone who immediately saw that Diana is a powerful witch. Probably a great confidant for Isabel with an impeccable knack for a judge of character. Love this chapter because the reader is in France and exposed to Some of my ancestors are from the Pyrenees area, and I also studied a bit of linguistics, and I'm fluent in French. So it was fun for me to try and understand the conversations before they were translated. Love the song of the troubadours that the characters sing and the fact that naps are normal in France. Also very cool ending to this chapter with Diana's dream of flying in the goddess. All right. Thanks again, Patricia. 
I love her little recaps. Yes. They're concise and they're spot on. Yep. So, chapter 18, Dr. Doolittle, Jean, like you said earlier. Yeah, I mean, we it's lots of animals. Um, and the animals all seem to have very interesting names. Yeah, they do. I mean, we've got a Irish wolfhound named Fallon and the Mastiff named Hector. Not the... Not the last great I love the name, name Hector. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't know why. So let's just start at the beginning, shall we? Isabel lets them in. Needless to say, this is a hostile environment, guys, right? Yes. <laughs> what were your impressions? I mean, try to take yourself back to first read. Oddly, I wasn't worried for Diana, uh, like as far, like I was with Marcus. I didn't think that she was in danger physically, but I thought this is going to be a pretty icy um, meeting. And it was. Yeah, it was. And Jean? Oh, yeah. My first impressions of Isabel was actually more Catherine Deneuve. I didn't, I didn't see her so much as making other people feel one way or another i just saw her as very implacable and almost an ice queen she does you know she's gonna do her thing and doesn't care one way or the other how people take her she is she is what she is yeah a, a beautiful perfectly put together french woman yeah yeah and it's down to down to even the color she wears i mean she's got the imp- impeccable wardrobe uh, she's younger than Matthew, which is kind of fun. And I almost get the sense, what, the first thing she says about Diana is that she smells like spring. Right. Like Patricia would say. And, and, and Mart says she smells like power. But I think the fact that she smells like spring isn't because she's green and in, inexperienced. She smells like spring because she so- smells like the maiden. Don't forget that Isabeau is an ancient, we find out that Isabeau is ancient Greek and very well could have been a handmaiden but, or a priestess to the maiden. I mean, it's fun. Is it, what we'll find out. It's funny though, because she says she smells repulsive, new and re- sweet and repulsive. Sweet in, yeah, like like spring. But, I mean, repulsive. I'd be, uh, <laughs> I'd feel bad if I were her. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she smells repulsive like spring. And also, don't don't forget, we're also going to find out this, find out, well, spring may also smell repulsive because of the whole business about Isabel not being able to have kids. Yeah. Right, right. Which right. we'll find out in 19. That may, may explain the whole repulsive part of it. But the other thing that struck me is that immediately after she says that, then Mart smells power. Yes. Yes. I mean, she's yes. smelling the same green smell that Isabel's smelling, but she smells power. Yeah. Which tells me... And, and, you're already getting hints that the there the goddess at, is at play here in a, a really big way. Yeah. Right. It's funny because the same thing, the same passage, she smells green and like and like spring, repulsive. And I was like, and I thought of my initial thoughts of spring, and I am pollen allergic. Yeah. Cut grass gives me a headache. The smell yes, of cut me grass. Me too. Uh, me too. Any kind of green clone makes my head and, hurt. Yeah. And just too floral. You know, I you can I can take a little bit. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way. Right, right. So that's what I, I mean, it was just dumbed down to my mere senses at my first read. I was like, ugh, you don't like cut grass either, Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong right, with that. Right, <laughs> Well, and I just thought, I mean, she's sweet and repulsively green like spring. It just made me think, I, I did I did think the, the young, not even just like the chronological age, but just the, um, you know. She, she, Fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she's, yeah, still uh, making her way. Right. Compared to them, I mean, they're ancient for God's sake. We didn't even, we don't know how old but we, oh, we yeah. do know him so yeah okay but i, I mean the inexperience but the inexperience i i when i heard that comment and read that comment it was like as in she's going to be somebody that isabel is going to underestimate but i don't think isabel ever 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 underestimates Diana i don't think so either she walks into the house i really don't i 
I think that was just her, you know, laying her territory, like, hey, this is my house. This is what I got to say. And that was just the stuff we knew in English. Now, they also spoke in different languages. And then when Isabeau says Mm -hmm. Sasufi and then draws a line across her neck. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, okay, uh, enough, dude. All right. I heard you the first time. Right. Yes. Right. I have things to say, so get off me. (laughs) I I am your mother. But I liked it that, you know, she she had to get out what she had to get out and then she stopped and then Matthew's like, okay, we're going to go now. See you later. We'll see you at dinner. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. And then we find out there's a Vermeer of Matthew floating around, which has me really in. Oh, I know. I know. Right. I know they had all 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 of the the eggs and the knickknacks and the bits and pieces of Matthew's his the Matthew Museum. Oh, yes, I love yes. that. Yeah, in his study. Yes, mm. and we're introduced to the tree symbolism in this uh, series when Mark comes and sings her song, which isn't guaranteed to annoy Isabel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saucy. (laughs) (laughs) And they almost kiss and Mart walks in in that and doesn't make a comment because I feel like Mart knows this is coming. It's inevitable. But then why did she interrupt them? She has, she's got a hearing and the sight of a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) She's a grandma and she's nosy. (laughs) She makes me think of a Jewish Bubby. You know, the Jewish Bubby who's going to be the matchmaker. (laughs) She's being a bit of a yenta. (laughs) Is everybody okay in here? I've got food. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Don't mind me. me. Let me stoke up the fire. Oh, God. No, but seriously, Mark can do no wrong. She's the warm, you know, inviting, yeah. takes care of everybody, gives you all the comfort you could possibly want. So she can do no wrong. After meeting Isabel, we kind of need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meeting the two of them, it makes you wonder what their relation, how their relationship started yes, out. completely. And I think their relationship predated both of them becoming vampires, but that's Yeah, I think me. that too. But I mean, look at how, and look at how old Bart is and look at how young Isabel is. So it's pre-vampire. It had to have that same age gap. Yes. 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 So yeah, Bart was with her. Well, it, I think they mentioned it in the Book of Life that, you know, Mart yeah. remembers, you know, so it'll be interesting to learn that relationship eventually when she gets to that mm-hmm. book. You know, <laughs> we don't know what book it is, audience. We don't. We don't have the insider. What you know is what we know. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we meet the horses, you know. Mm-hmm. Rakasa and Dar. And- yeah. That was nice. I like animals. <laughs> it was nice to know that he had pets, you know. Yeah. Yes. I- he's a dog guy. Who knew? Well, he's a cat guy, too, but he doesn't know it. Most cat people no. don't. Like my husband. He didn't know he was a cat person until he had some cats. There you go. Now he's a cat person. And we also get to run around in the library. Yeah. Oh, and Balthazar. Diana charmed Balthazar. Yes. Oh, yes. The mean horse. Yes. And she kind of talks to the animals, too. That's, there she, There you go. And she's talking to the animals again yep. with the Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> See? It my all works bizarre out. Logic has, my, my bizarre logic has some logic here, people. Right. <laughs> and Balthazar was the large horse, correct? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's, he's the big scary black one that Matthew was like, step away from the horse, Diana. And she's like, oh, he's really nice and cute. Yeah. He's like, he Until he's me. not. <laughs> right. He's a battle horse. It just step makes me think Diana just rushes into like, you know, especially, you know, she's, she's dealing with a vampire. She's like, ah, you won't hurt me. Balthasar. Well, yeah, he won't hurt me. <laughs> Good. But then, <laughs> but then again, it, it could also be another one of her unrecognized powers that she hasn't recognized yet. That she yeah. can, commu- you know, can com- communicate with nature, yeah. which we find out Later. as all of this unfolds. Yeah. I just, right. I just thought the name Balthazar was cute. He's the extra large horse and that is an extra large wine bottle. <laughs> so that is just <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and one of the three kings yeah everything is with with thought like and we'll find out i think very shortly names are important so mm-hmm. right and you know very apropos to matthew yes and his personality and what he <laughs> what he does well what's interesting is um isabel's horses are named fire dancer and silver hmm. and and Rikasa is the one that takes to diana the fire dancer which is right? fire, yeah. which is fire dancer yeah yeah names are important hmm. Hmm. could that have something to do with cora could be hmm. could be could be we'll see and we're up to chapter 19 it looks like chapter 19 let's do patricia's portion of this discussion Um, She closes off her chapter comments with the following. She talks about chapter 19 and chapter 20 together. So let me grab my glasses so we don't (laughs) mess this up. (laughs) Don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Okay, so Patricia says, in these chapters, the reader learns through Matthew why Isabel hates witches and by default, Diana. Looking beautiful and internally young apparently is not at all, not what it's all cracked up to be. We learn that Isabeau did not have a choice in becoming a vampire. She does not have the gift of foresight and cannot easily die. She seems to be suffering from grief and from the loss of her husband, Matthew's father. Isabeau is suffering a loss and at the same time, Diana is lost. She has emergent magic that is waking up on the verge of losing her way. She becomes aware that Matthew is showing great restraint and patience with her, and he earns a new respect for Diana. I love the salon scene where Diana goes, where Diana lets go and floats while dancing with her eyes closed. We discover that Matthew loves her for her fearlessness, moving without thinking, how she shimmers in concentration. He accepts that Diana is imperfect like life. One last thing, the whole concept of closing your eyes and letting go is something I also get told to do regularly by my yoga teacher. And I hate doing it. Apparently the poses get easier if you do this, yet I find this so hard. Thank you, Patricia. And let's go. 19 and 20. So 19 opens up and she can't wait to go riding. I mean, it, it, looking back now, I mean, she's been running away. It just seemed like, okay, well, I'm not worried about what's going on back in Oxford. I just want to go yeah. horse riding. But now thinking about it, she's been running away from things figuratively and uh, literally her whole life. So it's more, yeah. it's more of that, you know, the, I'm going to put this out of my mind and I'm like that to a certain degree too. I'll think about that tomorrow. My Scarlett O'Hara syndrome, my mom says. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but Matthew doesn't let her do that. <laughs> no. And it's funny because he has the same attitude. He's like, uh, that's not important. We'll think about that later. Or we'll, well but that's not important later. to him. But yeah. when he decides something's important, he is like totally all over yeah. it. Yeah. Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. 
That is Valerie to a T. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I'm into it, I'm going to find out everything about it. <laughs> and we'll be doing it. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. And excelling at yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just like, cool. We're well, going to be experts at it now. That's awesome. i'll find a youtube video i'll figure out how to do it (laughs) now you people are making fun (laughs) no it's sincere Uh, no i'm saying that's one of the things i've learned from you if i want to figure out how to do something there's got to be at least one youtube video showing me how to do it that's i'm telling you and then i'll then i'll text val and go i don't understand what they just showed me walk me through it yeah and it's a little hard because i don't use the same equipment as you do because you're on a windows computer i know we'll change that soon damn it (laughs) (laughs) windows users don't go after me come on now we're the water torture for gene drip 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 (laughs) (laughs) no you guys are just my conscious saying conscience going just do it already (laughs) yeah yeah uh, okay, so in chapter 19, she sees his first edition, his arc of origin, which was really cool. And then the writing. Well, do you know what I thought was really weird is that she was like worried that he'd find find out that she was, you know, that he'd think she was snooping. Well, because she just pulled the book out. You know, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of private thoughts in there too, but he said, you know, my library is your library. It's not like her, when she did start snooping in a couple chapters. Yeah. I, I find, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe she was still a little bit wary of him because, you know, his temper, how he gets a little crazy when yeah. she gets a little bit too close. Right. Yeah, but I don't think he I don't think he really showed his temper to her because don't forget, she had already kind of passed out when when Marcus got over there and saw his dad all freaked out. Yeah, but she didn't know that. His face would darken or he would change. Yeah. And that's my point. I mean, he, he did everything he could to truly hide yeah. the worst worst of his temper. So I don't know I don't know if she just I guess it didn't hurt to be cautious. Right. <laughs> What'd you guys think of the writing? What the fact that he made her wear a helmet and made her wear that crazy little vest. <laughs> and I, I I mean I, I'm not a writer, so I I, I only see I know pictures my friends who do all I'll wear all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I didn't think it was all that I didn't think it was crazy. Anything. I thought it was thoughtful that he gave her the gift, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, I'd take I don't even ride and I would take all that you. stuff and I'd wear it whatever he said. <laughs> I would wear it around the yeah. ground. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go pick flowers with <laughs> a helmet on, okay. <laughs> I kind of got the impression that she never wore that stuff. Well, well, I got the impression that she didn't do, she rode horses a lot, but it wasn't like she competed. He got her like a whole competition rig. Right. I mean, she said she did, uh, how do you pronounce that? Dressage. Dressage, yeah. 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 She did all the English type stuff. She did that stuff. However. Hunter jumper. She wasn't, like she wasn't used to wearing a vest and maybe cause she didn't need to. She kind of. Because. She was talking to Rakasa. Yeah. You know. She kind of strikes me as a person, though, that is going to just, she likes the sport, whether it's rowing or yoga or the riding, but whatever's nearby is what she's going to use. I mean, she borrowed the the, the, the boat from the boathouse. She, you know, dropped yeah. into yoga wherever she could fit in. It wasn't like she, you know, it was, um, I don't know, decked out in any specific thing, but she liked to do it. And she, whenever she found the time, she just did it. And if she had the equipment, she did. If she didn't, she still did it. And maybe she, she dabbled. Up, maybe she grew up like we did, too, you know. Yeah. Just hop on your bike without a helmet right. shorts yeah. flip flops you know yeah, exactly <laughs> oh yeah yeah before we had to buy helmets yeah for you got your kids. friend on the handlebars and <laughs> <laughs> 
you know. and you'd ride the trails down by the creek that had oh, all yeah. of the the dips and the hills right. and you'd try and jump stuff and and right and you'd yeah. find the biggest hills with the biggest potholes and the biggest you know yeah. hit the, the water through the creeks speed. that were probably <laughs> industrial runoff but right. we're not about that. i mean and <laughs> quite honestly at this point we didn't know matthew's elizabethan or tudor past but he, i'm sure he saw enough i, I mean but even before that even the crusades i'm sure he saw enough injuries to know you better wear a helmet yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen what the, you know i've seen what hitting your head does to brains so right. you know right how about put this on yeah yeah <laughs> hey i've got enough closed head injuries i'm done i got my three and i'm sorry it is a doctor so it's not unusual yeah yeah wasn't he a neuro- neurologist he was on the neuro- neurology service when he met yeah. um dan and his wife after the stroke right. so i know i mean yeah i was just thinking of you know our banana seats on on our bicycles <laughs> <laughs> Riding three people on yeah. one bicycle, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in Chapter 19, the big thing on Chapter 19 is the DNA results. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what they didn't know. I love the fact that Matthew mentions the fact that there are so a bunch of markers that we don't know what they mean. But that that's what stood out to me. That that's time. cool, though. Like, that's like what Shelley has kind of okay. talked about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it wasn't just the, the fact that they were freaking out that they said, wait a minute, you've got all of them you right. know earth water fire and air and the fact that fire was so rare prophecy and all that other stuff and then he says and then there's a whole bunch of other markers that we haven't been able to correlate to any particular power yet which makes me wonder if that has to do with her being a weaver or is that something that we still don't know something that still hasn't been revealed to us as readers even right. after three yeah. books Right. Does this have to do with why she can become the book of life? I don't know. But the fact that he said there's so many unknown markers just put my antenna up mm-hmm. for the first time on this read through. Yeah. Same me. But I don't think I, I delved that. I was like, oh, she's powerful and Matthew's never seen it before. So I was thinking, you know, then why doesn't she use her powers? What the hell? I, which I, is also which is yeah. also weird because Matthew's like, I used to know powerful witches and da 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 da. And you've got power I haven't seen in in generations, right. and then it's kind of like, well, maybe she's got powers you've never seen, right? Well, and he also says he he's never heard of a witch with more than one or one or two of those powers. So yeah, right. and she's got all four. Yeah, it just got me starting to think, why don't you use your powers? Why why have we not seen them? And it started started the spool going in the back of my head, like, okay, it, it, what something else is going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, you know what? It was almost like information overload, though, because when he's like mind reading telepathy empathy witch wind witch fire and it's like okay i just you lost me well i'll just keep reading i'm gonna keep reading because it's probably gonna go somewhere but i'm not gonna focus on it right now right well and then the other and then the other thing about all these unknown markers and it it sort of popped up in my head wait a minute the story about Stephen and rebecca was like two powerful witches that people weren't real happy that they got together is this why yeah yeah, right exactly i agree with that right so i don't know (sighs) interesting I know. Shelly, we can't wait for you to explain this all to us. (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. So chapter 20, the manuscript, the dinner, the dancing, and the indecent proposal. (laughs) Let's talk about that. (laughs) The indecent proposal. It was more like the aborted proposal. Uh (laughs) Well, Matthew found it indecent. He's so frustrating. (laughs) Good Lord, dude. Just because you've got all the time in the world doesn't mean we all do. Oh. Well, before we get to that, let me just say (laughs) that dinner 
to me was the first time I felt the warmth of his family and how close they were to each other. So that kind of put me at ease with Isabeau a bit more. I agree. And the pigeon pie. Yeah. When they were were joking around about that, that was hilarious. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if Matthew got a wooden spoon to the head, but but, but I liked it. And the whole business about him forgetting to collect the taxes. Yes. That was right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot to collect the taxes. And then he just decided to go to Italy to make war and the king was pissed. Right. Right. Philippe had to fix things. Right. It it was like the impulsive team teenager stuff. Right. It was interesting learning those things about Matthew and his past, you know. Didn't he flood something too? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were trying to figure out how to drain water off the roof or something. The... <laughs> oh, God. Well, but, it's yeah. like he would... And, and when you look back on it later on down the line, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, he's his father's son. Because on this reread, I was thinking about Philippe and the exploding clock. The clock. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is like on first read, I was like, okay, Isabeau's going to be okay. And Mart's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with, with that whole scene. That whole, I'm okay with her being there. So. Yeah. Well, and when everybody laughed, when, when Diana said, you should be a diplomat, you're really good at the non-answer. And <laughs> everybody started laughing at Isabel. Right. <laughs> and she snorted. When she snorted, I'm like, okay, I really like her. Right. <laughs> right. This is where I had my true affection for Isabel. I was like, oh, yeah. Any woman that snorts, I'm good. <laughs> Well, before we even get to all that, though. Come sit next to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Before we get to that, we're still in his library. And I I don't know. I, I, Gene, you know me. I love his library. And we'll get to the ledgers in another episode, I'm sure. But uh, to find out that he has a Gutenberg Bible and she sees sees the origins and the William Harvey manuscript. And I mean, it's too much. I mean, too much in a good way. Vesalius. I think she saw the Vesalius in in Will's play. Yes. And the letter, which it was interesting that she mentioned Will's plays, but didn't notice Kit's manuscript sitting next to it at this point in time. Yeah, that's true. And that would play such a big role in the next book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that she didn't, you know, sneaky. But she saw the correspondence between Matthew and Darwin. Sneaky dub. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was kind of upset that she got distracted from the Aurora Concerges so fast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, come on. Right. But looking at it in a practical matter, I'm I'm sure Deb started on it and was like, Oh, that's gonna be its own chapter. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack over there. Yeah. Wow. So she's reading his notes in Origins and it's uh I don't as a reader, I didn't know what it meant. I was but I was happy that more more pieces were be put in the puzzle. I mean, she says, How were demons made? Yeah. Matthew had wondered in eighteen fifty nine. He was still looking for the answer a century and a half later. So Things are, the cyclone's starting to Mm -hmm. spin a little faster. Okay, so chapter 20, the dinner and the dancing. We've got dinner and dancing, and Mm -hmm. we've got her trying to dress appropriately for dinner again. Right. She wears blue this time, right? And and for the first time, we see we see Mart with a lurid murder mystery. <laughs> That's cute. Mart, yeah, Mart yeah. and her 
her mysteries, which we'll see more of later. Oh, and the tea. The tea makes its first appearance. Oh, right. That tea. Oh, that tea. But we didn't yes. know. Yeah. And she yeah, said she was going to teach her how to make it. Yeah. Right. In retrospect, there's some one time I got mad at Mart. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then Isabel and Matthew started dancing first, and then Matthew and Diana started Diana. dancing. And then she flies. Yes. Which was cool. It I was thought cool, it was yeah. cool. Yeah, I hope we see that yeah. scene. I do, too. I think that I think it's a popular request. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they can they can make that happen. I think, to me, it was like the very first time she finally relaxed. Yes. Because remember, he always, she, both of them talk about her being a perpetual motion machine. Right, And then finally right. she relaxed. And, and she closed her eyes during this time, too. Yep. She kind of surrendered. I mean, she was dancing, and he said, let me lead. And she said she felt comfortable yes. in the circle of his arms. So she kind of surrendered. And as he said in the, some of the previous chapters, when you're not thinking, that's when your magic manifests because you you don't have the consciousness yes. to put it in check. This is true. I find this is true in human life as well as witch life. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you surrender to it, that's when it comes. Well, we even talked about that in Allie's episode that um, meditation, whether it's daydreaming mm-hmm. or prayer or whatever, you kind of just let yourself go to that other plane and magic can happen, even with humans. I uh, notice it in like if I'm doing something intensive, labor intensive, if I think too hard, I will stall. Mm-hmm. But if like... uh Mainly like coding. You know how I, I seclude myself when I start coding shit, right? Yeah. But if I'm not thinking too hard about about it, it just flows and it'll come out in two hours and then I'm done. So I have like seven mm-hmm. hours worth of coding done in two because I've just let go. Yeah. So no, it's true. And it's, yeah, I think we've said that too. When we, we sometimes we as our fan site work on a project and it's like, oh my gosh, it's almost like something was working through you. <laughs> because- yeah. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. The videos when we used to do the videos. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'd be up at four in the morning and be like, where did the time go? What's going on? I was like, wait a minute, I had an idea. And then you just work through it. And the next thing you know, it's all done. Yeah. 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 I definitely see that happening. Letting go, the dancing. And then this is where Isabeau says, she's got a lot of power. And then Diana puts her foot down. I will decide when I use my power. Damn it. Jeez. <laughs> That's my thought to that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she felt like Isabeau was kind of looking this. She's got a lot of power, you know, and twiddling her fingers like, hmm, how could we use this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Isabel was doing that. No, no, I'm no. saying maybe maybe Diana was, oh, what? <laughs> you know? Maybe Diana took that comment that way, but I took it more as the you know, the mom saying, All right, let's let's quit screwing around here. Yeah. Stop this, pretending to be a human. Your your willful ignorance of this is annoying to me. <laughs> Yeah. You need to right. It's no be excuse. Yeah. Do not be ignorant. It's no excuse. You need to grow up and use it and face it and deal with it. Yeah. These are gifts. Yep. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and you're squandering it. I mean, when it comes full circle at the end, and when you you really get a good idea of where she was coming from about you know this is your life, you need to deal with it, and you need to move forward and accept all of mm-hmm. it. And then when you realize what had happened to Isabel, and yes. That's just what she did. Yeah. You know, she's she's giving this advice from experience that is what we'll learn down the line. Yes, right. But she needed the reality, too. I mean, just come on, grow up already. But, I mean, it yeah. seems a little soon to be saying that, but you know what? <laughs> How much time is she supposed to take? Right. Well, on the other hand, too, is, I mean, sometimes it takes somebody outside the situation to do that because I'm sure over all these years, you've got Sarah and M and, oh, my God, her parents died and this right. and that. And Kid, we can't be too hard. Kid gloves. We love her and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, 
kid yeah. loves. And Isabel was like, fuck that. Right. Right. This is a situation. She was, she came in and was Philippe's secret weapon. She was the general. Yeah. She's like, this is what needs to be done. Right. And Sarah was kind of trying to do that, but she also had the weight in, in the problem of the dead parents and she didn't want to. Yeah. But Isabel doesn't have that blockage there. Constraint. She's just like, yeah. yeah. She, she's pretty much saying, uh, no, this is how I see it and this is how it is. Yeah. She's got no emotional investment. Yeah. And over the centuries, she had to have seen, if people act like Diana, what can happen? You know, you don't. Right. Oh, yeah. She grew, I mean, they, she grew up in a ruthless time. I mean, for, for centuries. So, like she said, yeah. grow up. Yeah. And Matthew's like, uh, trying to block for her. And Diana's like, you know oh, what? She's right. He's the only guy in the room. He's like, dude, just <laughs> shut up. Dude, there's no way this is going to end well for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only testosterone in the room. This is not going to work. Right. right. And Diana, you know, appreciates that honesty from Isabel eventually, I felt like, and was like, I, I agree. Right. Yeah. I agree. You're right. You know? And Matthew's like, okay, it's time to go to bed. I've had enough of the, the crazy. Yeah. And he got all lovey dovey. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I do believe the French kiss actually happened at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I find it ironic that he loves her fearlessness. Right. Just saying. Yeah, that's true. But he does, this is the point where he does say, what spell have you put on me? And that is it's, the spell yeah. of love. It's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of the ironic foreshadowing that he says that. It also plays into the whole, sometimes Matthew just hasn't caught the clue, boss. <laughs> right. And at this point, while I'm fully invested and I'm in love with Matthew... And then he cuts her off. I was Diana at this point. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. I'm offering myself up to you, Matthew. You, you won't take it. You sing me a song and all of this nonsense. And you're just going to be like, later. And you finally you French kiss me? Yeah. The American way? Yeah, he- what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me sing you a song instead. (laughs) What is this? Oh, God. Okay, audience, seriously, you you had to have been let down. I mean, seriously. It wasn't even a fade to gray. It was like, "Mm, nope, not tonight. Damn. I was thinking at the time, I wonder if this is is how guys feel. Yeah. You know what? And the quote says, a promise, he said, when he was finished, of what's to come in time. And I'm like, how rude. <laughs> tease. You tease. Yeah. Excuse me. I need to go take a cold shower now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You can go back downstairs. We'll take this up later. So for men, the term would be cock tease, right? <laughs> so for women, what is it? Um, Let's not go there, but you know what I'm saying. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's I don't want to hear your song, whatever it is. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Later. So he sings her a song and then she goes to sleep. And this ends chapter 20. And now we're all upset. And, <laughs> yes. And, yes. The, the one with the castle is the one with frustration. Is what it means. <laughs> well, the one with a fortress to Matthew's pants. I was going to say, what? <laughs> I was gonna say it's a fortress in more, more ways than one. <laughs> oh my god oh god <laughs> good lord you have a lock on that yeah. i'm telling you Ugh. so yeah audience we've decided prior to this that this is going to be a long episode just looking at the material here so i hope you stick with us we're gonna 
keep going, and I think we have news. Yes, we do. Time for news. All right. So Deb had her May update. It was titled All Things All Souls, The Companion, The Con, and The TV Show. Uh, we now know that the companion book, which is called The World of All Souls, is going to be released in May 2018. I was happily surprised that she said it's a chunky 500 plus pages of beautifully illustrated volume of lore, re- revelations, insider- Yay! Yeah, insider scoops, Woo! and more about the world of the trilogy. So I cannot wait for that. In the TV world, uh, Bad Wolf showed us their space, that they're going to uh, film A Discovery of Witches. They gave us a glimpse into it. Deb even went further to say that she has in her hand the schedule for shooting that includes the words first day of shooting and rap party. So it was, I think everyone was freaking out that day. Yay! It's real. Yeah. Real. So, so real. It's real. And there was even a seat for demons at the studio. Yes, that's what was so cute. Their their Bad Wolves uh, had that little picture and it had little a discovery of witches' clues. And I was ready to sit. I think we all were. Yes. We needed three demon yep. seats. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. cool. Very cool. And Deb informed us, though, that uh, she'll be taking that seat. Yes, she did yeah. say that. She, well, she, said, <laughs> she did say enough. she would share. <laughs> yes. but she, and Angela offered a kale smoothie, although I don't know if they have kale in Wales. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see about that. Uh, and then she went on to talk about All Souls Con, which we will g- go into as well, um, that you can sign up for streaming, which is free because of Penguin. And until Matthew's rebirth on June 15th, tickets are $79. Uh, but she said, okay. stay tuned because she ha- there's going to be lots of news, I believe, coming fast and furious. So the best way to get it delivered to your mailbox is to h- go to DeborahHarkness.com and sign up for the blast. But uh, Yes. And I, didn't she also make a, make a mention about a surprise guest at the con. She did. Yes, she did. Yeah, she, ah! said, she said perhaps there'll be a surprise guest. And and um, we're just waiting with bated breath. And um, yes. we're we're not in the know, people. We're not in the know. No, we're, we're just we're... we're just excited. The jumpy <laughs> claps are uninformed jumpy claps at this right. point. And let me tack on to the news with the All Souls Con promotion because we don't have a whole lot of time. So go to allsoulscon.org slash tickets. You can register to stream, which will cost you nothing. And by the time this goes out, uh, it will cost $99, but Laura assures us that we will get a coupon code soon. So perhaps by next episode, we'll have a coupon code for you for a discount. So there's that. We got our All Souls Con out of the oh, way. Yeah. And now we have housekeeping, everybody. Before we get to housekeeping, let me just throw out our own demon news is that we've kicked off our first giveaway. And by the time this gets published, it'll have been over, but we may be into our next giveaway. So um, oh, right, stay right, tuned right. to us too, because you never know what we might have up for grabs and when. Right. Oh, yeah. We've got a whole plethora of goodies in our little prize room. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a prize shelf. It's a prize room now. Right, at this point. And um, also on the podcast as well, we have a lot of things coming up that, you know, surprise! Yay! So Lots we're, of fun. we're pretty excited about it. And uh, hopefully you will be too. So there's yes. that. Um I talked about the coupon code. So anything else before housekeeping, guys? I don't think so. Housekeeping. I do have I do have an iTunes review. Okay. From Shining Waters in Canada. Go ahead. Yes. It's from Shining Waters in Canada. 
The review title is Delightful Distraction. I've been an All Souls fan for about four years. I was a virtual attendee for the 2015 All Souls Con, and I met Deborah Harkness in Toronto when she was on the book tour that year. Very few people understand my admiration for the books and the creative genius of Deb Harkness. You three do, and I love listening to the lovely details. The devil is not in the details. Rather, the magic is in the details. I completely get the reluctance to have a fangirl site and how that could be perceived. Love your podcast name and how it came to be. I'm still catching up on episodes, and at the moment, I'm bribing myself to get to the gym at 6 a.m. by listening to the podcast. Hope to meet you in New Orleans, and thank you in person for making these podcasts. Awesome. And that's from Shining Waters in Canada. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for yeah. the review. That that was awesome. Yes. Thank you, friend. And the bottoms of my toes. <laughs> 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 No, it's true. It was even further than the bottom of my heart. Right. It's, it's just so nice to, to connect with other people that feel as passionate about it as we do and want to talk about yeah, the, the details and splice and dice and all that kind of stuff. So thank you so much, friend right. of the North. Yes. <laughs> I have one. I have one from Aurelia. And it came in and Valerie had to translate it from Romanian. But it says, I really enjoyed this pod- this episode. I cannot wait to see the movie and what actors will play the role of Matthew and Diana. Well, Deb alludes to there being a casting director and news when should they'll announce it when they're good and ready to so hopefully that's i i'm guessing it's going to be soon yeah yeah it's sounding soon right thanks for your comments aurelia yes appreciate yes. it and of course from steven now our lovely steven i have to share this with you and i think i'm breaking the law a little bit but not really we're going to put this under fair use i'm going to play this section of the song that angela has shared with us Whenever she sees your name in our email. Steven. Steven. Why won't you call me? Steven, why won't you call me? And that's to you, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) All right. So Steven says, good morning, demons. Thanks for take 16. When I read the end of chapter 12, I picture Matthew's kiss as a double cheek air kiss. Definitely not a full on meatloaf paradise by the dashboard light kiss with tongues. God, I think we need some more fair use music in right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And you made a good point about demonic traits and puberty. I hadn't made the connection, but it ties in with Matthew's artistic craftsmanship and Isabeau's visions. I had to laugh at the thought of you launching a missing persons alert on Twitter. Should you stop hearing from me? Well, it's true. (laughs) Something's going to be wrong if we don't hear from you, Stephen. (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we live half an hour's drive from Oxford and often go there for a day out. I have a new Bodleian Library tote bag and would be happy to donate this as a prize if you run another demonic competition. I can post internationally. Let me know if that could work. Kisses. No tongues. Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He's got 
<laughs> Listener, show of hands, who wants that bag? Oh, God! <laughs> He's got a PS, you guys. He's got a PS. He says, we pronounce the metal aluminum. Aluminum. Now, he was talking about uh, the UK versus US pronunciation of aluminum. Right. And uh, he kind of reminded me of how British people say it. It's aluminium. Yeah, it always throws me off, but I hope I got the emphasis on the correct syllable. But thank you, Stephen, for all you give us. <laughs> Yay! <Thank> you. <laughs> oh, I think on that note, it's perfect for us to go on break. And after that, last thoughts, finally, and things we can't let go of. You can find this show wherever it is you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcast users, we'd love it if you leave us a five-star rating and a review. Contact us on social media. We are Demons Domain and Demons Discuss. You can email us directly, and that is demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. We're new for 2017. You can leave us a voicemail. That is 360-519-7836. Again, 360-519-7836. Become a discusser. This way you can talk back and forth to us, tell us what you think. We'll ask you a question once or twice a month and you can send us feedback directly. How you do that is go to our podcast page and that is demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, fill out your name, email address, and then you'll be required to put a code in because we don't like spam on our website. Submit your code and then it's just that easy. We'll add you to our discusser list and you become part of the conversation. Don't forget to visit our home base, and that is demonsdomain.com. Everything the demons are doing is listed there, including our podcast, all of our posts, our giveaways, everything is there. Again, that is www.demonsdomain.com. Can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. My last thought is the whole business about whether Philippe told Isabel and Mark anything. Oh, God. Not, oh, God, you. Oh, God, the, the person who brought that yeah, up. Yeah, it's my last thought that people just keep yeah. bringing that up. And it's it's this it's in this set of chapters, so I'm going to bring it up. Good. Because I think it's dumb. Huh. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'll give you one more. <laughs> For the blooper reel. Right. <laughs> That's my my hut of disgust. <laughs> I just think of Angela's meta. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's my that's my oral uh, eye roll. Yes. Okay, Angela. Last thoughts and things you can't let go of. Um, it's my last thought is that this demon is booked to go to the con. I got my ticket. I got my airline ticket. I'm all set. Yay. So good. Very good. Very good. That is set. I feel, I feel good. I feel I'm there. I'm there. And I can't wait. That'd be awesome. You're there. Right. This demon's waiting a little while. Just a little bit. This demon's got to get online and actually book it. Only she's trying to figure out what time of day she can leave. So. Right. Because I've got a shorter jaunt. I've got a shorter jaunt than either one of you. Yes. This demon's got a kayak.com watching for her. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! We'll see who wins. Wretched United or Wretched American. We'll see. (laughs) I know. Do I really have to have a brandy milk punch while I'm there? Yes. Okay. The French 75 sounds better. Better, though. I know. <laughs> I'll have one of those too. Probably not in the same sitting though. Yeah. That might not mm. end well. I want to try your brandy milk punch, <laughs> which by the way, we're referring to the All Souls Con Attendees group. Um, it was posted in there, which New Orleans cocktail are you? And that's what I'm a French 75, which is gin and champagne and 
a couple of other things. And brandy milk punch is probably just what it sounds like, except for dairies in it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, actually, it's it's kind of like a Tom and Jerry without the egg whites, oh, okay. which actually wouldn't be so bad. I do like Tom and Jerry's. It's like rum and brandy and dairy and supposed to be lovely, brunchy deliciousness. Hmm. I want to try it. I, I want to sip yours. I, I guess I should try that quiz then. Yes. Yeah. See, see what you and are. if you're not in yeah. the All Souls kind of attendees group on Facebook, get the to the group because it's a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> yes, a lot of fun and with games and just not so. There's some book talk, but there's a lot of just fun talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Plus, so, we post our giveaways in there. So if you miss it, you know, yeah. anywhere else, we do post our giveaways in there. So you can claim your five entries. Yes. Yes. You get a bonus five entries for attending the con and being in the group and and streaming. Yeah. Even if you there stream. You go. Yep. Even if you stream, you get five extra entries. So my last thought is this is to Stephen. Uh, Stephen, yes, we're interested in that tote bag. And hopefully by the time this has come out, I was thoughtful enough to write you an email. I've just been so busy. And that goes to the second part of this last thought. I am so happy to have my house back. Oh, my God, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You're no Mart. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am not. And for the audience, uh, my daughter just graduated college this past. Yeah. (laughs) Our Miriam. This past week. And she is on to become a full-blown actress. I'm terrified, but I'm pleased that I'm done with tuition. But... My whole she family. She has a paying gig. Yes. She's yes. got a paying gig this summer. So, I mean, that's a big yes. plus right there. Yes. And if you're in the area, definitely check out the Seattle Shakespeare Company because she will be doing that this summer. And also my whole family, my husband's family and my family flew from the East Coast and they were all staying at my house for a period of time. There was a four day overlap. And by the end, by the time I put my in-laws on the plane last week, I was exhausted. So I am very happy to have an empty house and to be able to do demon things with my demon girls. Yay. Yay. Welcome back. Yay. Yay. And I don't think we have anything else. Are we good? I think we're good. Just, I don't want to wish the summer away, but I can't wait for September. Is it hot? Does that make it? No, I can't wait for the con. Oh, oh, right. (laughs) Duh. That's all. That it's tells like, you how what? discombobulated I am. I'm like, what? Oh, so what's excited. in September? Durr. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like we are on the precipice of so many things happening. Yes. And it's like, God, let's just let's just get going already. Yeah. Because I, I know we I mean, we're going to be hearing about the show anytime soon. I think big news is coming by the time we all listen to this, if we haven't heard some already, and then the con, and getting to meet all these wonderful listeners and fans like us, and seeing Laura and Karen again, and so many people we've known for so long. It'll be great. Face-to-face, finally. Oh, it'll be so much fun. It'll be great. It's been a long time in the making. I mean, for listeners that don't know, we've been around since the original iteration when it was in one. Warner Brothers hands. So yes, this is, yeah. as we say, we've been all soulsing since 2012. So it's, 
we've been we've had the patience of Matthew, and I just think it's we're going to totally be rewarded. Yeah. Oh yeah. And of course, you know, as as this goes along, the podcast will evolve with it too. So we're yes. we will be covering the shows. We will be covering the books. We will. You know, when Deb goes on signing tours. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, when we started, we didn't know where this was going to go. We didn't have a pure agenda. Right now, we're doing chapters, but you know, mm-hmm. if the TV show breaks, we'll pause the chapters and do TV show. You know, we'll do what we need to do. Yep. We're flexible like that. <laughs> we'll find a way to make it happen. Well, we're flexible like that. And also with uh, announcements, we've all made a pact that we will carry our laptops with us. And if we have to record something on la- last on minute, fly? we will. So, you know, just be Bygones in advance. You guys might get a crazy ass special special episode. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Which will have a whole lot of squealing and dancing around and nonsense. But in absence of that, though, if, any- if anyone has any <laughs> ideas, feel free to shoot them our way. I don't, I'm not giving anything away, but I just want to say we got an awesome email from someone today um, that we would like to explore possibly. So if you have ideas, shoot mm-hmm. them to us. Oh, right, right. That was Kate. Yep. Kate, I forgot. Shouts out to you, oh, Kate. I, we did get your a, email. Yeah, we got a couple of other things brewing too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Interesting. And interesting people who happen to be fans of All Souls. Yes. Yes. We'll leave it at that. And on that note, I think we'll say our goodbyes. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Till next time. Farewell. Demon kiss. That's what I was waiting on. God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm withholding like Matthew. Oh, dear. Stop it. All right. Bye, audience. (laughs) Bye-bye. Again. Mm -hmm.